what's up everybody this is me with baby leo here don't forget to like and subscribe in the video below say hi everybody say hi leo say hi thank you for watching guys welcome everybody to take tonic takes i'm here with the really special guest you all know him he's from telemundo what's up carlos use this how you doing hi fabian how are you good uh, nice to be nice to be back and yeah i don't know it feels weird right like i feel like since the quakes are on break like we're, we're kind of break like it, 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 it's an right. awkward moment right now with all the national team stuff going on yeah no and, and we could talk a little bit in uh, international breaks and all that too but yeah i know it definitely feels weird especially 19 days in the middle of a season it doesn't feel right so yeah I, I know exactly where you're at um and it feels like a long time since you've been on but it really has only been like what <laughs> four months so definitely the COVID years just feel like they stretch and they just fly by at the same time so definitely excited to have you back on and, and to talk some quakes um, uh, absolutely I mean it's been it's been one of those seasons again right, yeah, we, right. we were expecting that past COVID things were gonna be a little more you know, um, fluid to, to, yeah. in, 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 to look for a, for a good word. And it just hasn't been, but, you know, it is what it is. And that season is really long. So there's still there's still room for improvement. Yeah. And this team is really streaky. So, I mean, we're on a bad streak right now. And hopefully once once the whole international breaks over, we can get on a good streak and maybe go back into that third or fourth spot in the playoffs position. Um, but quickly talking about this international break. Did you catch the game last night? Did you see the game? Yeah, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, as a Mexico fan, obviously, you know, you don't like to lose against right. the U.S. Uh, but I think it's one of those games that is good for the rivalry. And, mm. and it's also good, like, a lot of people talk about how Mexico wouldn't qualify to the World Cup if they played in South America, right? That's a, that's mm. a big topic of conversation. I think this U.S. team in particular um, shows that the quality is there on both sides. So yeah. to have a game like yesterday shows you, like, Hey, I don't know. You you shouldn't sleep on these two teams regardless. Like, right? might not be the contenders, especially mm. looking how the European teams look right now. But you know, you, you should always you know keep an eye on this on the, on these teams because they they give you good games. There's a lot of mistakes, a yeah. lot of mistakes in the game, but <laughs> it, it was entertaining. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it, what didn't happen that game, right? So we had two <laughs> penalties called, bottles thrown. We had the 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 stoppage for the discrimi uh, discriminatory language. Everything happened that game. Uh, uh, Bearhalter in in going to get the ball when a Mexican player is trying to get the ball. Like, what was happening that, this that, game? That, that I got a red card. Uh, yeah, to be right. The biggest, to be the, the, the biggest storyline that people, like, I don't know if, if he kind of gets lost in the mix of all this going yeah. on. Is the fact that Zach Stephen gets injured, right. he pulls out, and whoever comes in ends up being the hero. And he's a hometown right. hero because he played he's from Denver. So right. I think that storyline was actually my favorite out of the mm. game. Cause I mean, regardless of the result, the fact that how things happen right. um, for, for the US and, and in that sense to have a to have a home a homegrown player from, from that area to come yeah, that's true. the big the big the big savior was was to be the my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, and I was watching um I was watching it on a Spanish broadcast and they were saying how Horvath is used to blocking penalties. And I was like, Oh, here comes the storyline. Here comes the storyline. Right. But uh, yeah, no, definitely the, one of the craziest games I've ever seen outside of a world cup game. So I, I thought it was insane. I love how Mexico always shows up, even if it's an away game, that's the best, right? Cause that's when you get the fire. That's when you get Christian Pulisic shushing his home crowd. Right. So it's like, what's going on here? That, that, but, that part is crazy. Cause you see the picture everywhere. Right. And right. you're thinking like, you realize you're playing Denver, Colorado. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or, or you get some people tweeting like, Oh, where, where's the security? Like, Oh, and then they're saying, Oh, they're in Mexico. No, bro. They're in Denver. <laughs> like they should be security. Like you should be in an NFL stadium. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, no, it was a, definitely a quality game. I'm super excited to see um, Mexico and USA in the CONCACAF qualifying and in the World Cup because at the end of the day, we're all CONCACAF fans. If if Mexico wins and if Mexico's good, if USA wins and if USA's good, it's all getting each other better. And that's the biggest thing, right? We need to show up on the big stage and need to be ready for that World Cup and that next one. I mean, Mexico's never been to a semifinal, right? El quinto partido. Well, the Quinto Partido will be the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals, okay, okay. They've been to the quarterfinals twice, uh, mm. both times in, in home soil. Uh, after that, yes, they, they've never been able to have access yeah. to a, a semifinal. But, you know, to be in the first, because that's another thing that gets lost in, in, in transition sometimes. Like, mm. Mexico is really consistent. It is what it is. 
they're usually between in the in the FIFA rankings, they're between the 10 and 16 mm. team in the world. And then when they go to the World Cups, they usually lose and end up being between the 15 and the 18th team in the world. Mm. So you're like, but that's where Mexico is. Like yeah. there's no real like, oh, they they overachieve, they they, they stay there. And and there's you know, there, it's good to have consistency, right? But at the end of the day, you want to grow. And if, if yeah. you're making past that, you're you're just not right. Yeah, and um, that player Linus, man, that kid looks so good. He's like the Mexican Messi. I mean, I, I understand why he. I, I mean, I guess I understand why he came off the bench because he made an impact right away. I mean, right away, he scored a goal off the bench. Um, but Raúl Jiménez wasn't there. What was going on with him? Did it personal reasons? Tata Martino or things something like that? No, re- remember that he had that uh skull skull fracture and he's, oh. just, coming, he's just coming back. Um, Got it. He, he started practicing with the team. He made uh he, he had a couple of uh. Of, uh, practices with the national team mm. but then everybody decided that it was better for him to focus on, on the last part of his recovery yeah move on to to the uh, preseason with with Wolverhampton which mm. he, he seems like he's going to stay at least for another year mm. and and then go from there uh it was yeah. a really bad injury uh he's gonna be wearing those one of those like you yeah. know the security helmets like a la yeah. Peter Czech or Christian Kibu probably for the rest of his career oh dang uh, so is he gonna be able so, to head the ball yeah, I mean, again, he, yeah. he's made a full recovery. One of the advantages of, of what happened was that even though he had that fracture and he had to have surgery for it to, you know, you know, kind of kind of like clean that area and let yeah. the, the brain not swell and whatever, uh, he's been able to make a full recovery. So he's That's not awesome. gonna, he's not yeah. have a problem with that. And, yeah, and, and, and people, and I mean, Mexico really misses him. Yeah, of course. I mean, especially if that game had him, it would have been completely different. They would have had a real nine. I know Chukulazano doesn't really play that striker position for Napoli. So this Mexico team is getting even stronger. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see what goes on in these next USA-Mexico games. And, yeah. and looking at, when I look at the game, because I watch it again today, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with a cool head, because, you know, when, you're, when your emotions <laughs> are, are rampant, you watch a different game, and then you think things are a certain way, and then you, you jump on Twitter, right? Right, right, right. And then you realize that you were not watching the game uh, you know, right. And Mexico is the only team where that happens to me. Everything else, I can watch it with a cool yeah. head. Mexico is the only one that I kind of get emotional on it. There's passion, and, I mean, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, and, and mind you, I will never get into a fight with somebody if he was watching the U.S. Like, I don't get to that point. <laughs> But but I I can, I can see why my analysis wouldn't be you know fair the way yeah. it's supposed to be and wouldn't be fair. I watch it again and after I watch it again, it's like man, Mexico missed so many open opportunities. Like I was like, how, how did that happen? Because had Mexico put away the three or four they had in the first half, mm. it would be a totally different storyline. Right. Right now, I feel like everybody in the media will be destroying the U.S. Right. 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 But, but and then on the other hand, I feel like everybody's so happy about the victory that they don't realize they did not play a good game. Yeah. No, Bearhalter, yeah, didn't have a good were, game. They, yeah. they were able to capitalize in two big mistakes from Mexico, especially in the ball situations. Yeah. The second one being a gift from the right, right. back from Mexico to right. get that corner kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It hit his, him in the knees. Yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really create any opportunities. Uh, mm. Obviously, an extra time with everybody tired, the penalty, right. the penalty, which again is like a really controversial penalty on both right. sides, both the handball and, and both the police. You see how the ref uh, called it? He was like. <laughs> which is one of those things another thing that feels fits into that mexican uh narrative that nobody in the nobody in the area likes this yeah and yeah. when you see that that you see that he's gonna cut a penalty and he just didn't call it but like he wind up and like first yeah. he's like <laughs> I've, I've never yeah. seen a ref do that he felt it he felt in the moment there <laughs> he's like let me wind up my arm and <laughs> okay thanks right <laughs> <appreciate> no <laughs> But after yeah. giving Tata red card for him going to hug him, right, right. Oh, no, but um, yeah, the, one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Again, one of the, the best games I've ever seen. I maybe thought the Euro, the Uruguay Ghana World Cup game was a little crazier just because of the stakes, but that one's almost up there. Yeah, right. The the hand of God of Uruguay, right? So. That and then he misses that penalty. I, 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 as a kid, that's what got me really into soccer. I remember that moment. I was like, "Oh my god, this is my country of three million people, so small, so small." And here they are with controversy, kicking Africa out of the World Cup, you know. And at that point, it was in African soil and the last African team. But yeah, no. But onto a little bit of Quake stuff. Is there any last things you want to say about the Mexican team? No, I, I'm just really excited what's coming up. Uh, we'll see what happens in um, in, in, in qualifiers because mm. qualifiers also the US will this US team will have to go and play on Concacaf soil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because even even if this is huge for them and it's good for them to win a final after not being able to beat Mexico for 14 years, there's little things here and there that with all the quality players that they have, and to me, to me the most important because a lot of people jump into the Christian Pulisic you know train because yeah, yeah, yeah. the Champions League he scores a goal yesterday he shoots everybody. Right. I think the real player on this team, on, on the U.S. national team, the, 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 the player that I'm excited the most is Gio Reyna. I think mm. Gio Reyna is the best player the U.S. has ever had. Yeah. And I'm going to say it like that. Wow. Really? Okay. Better than Lance, like, he's obviously really young, but the, the potential he has to grow, he's going to be better than any of the players that they ever had mm. before. And he's already showing it, and he's already 18 years yeah. old. So I think Gio Reyna is, is really exciting. Um, he had a... To me, he was one of the best players yesterday, even on, when things were not not showing up. Because yeah. Christian had a really discreet game. If he hadn't yeah. got that penalty, right. he would have done nothing. He didn't right. have not even a shot on goal. He was not showing up. He was not getting the ball. He was not, right. he was not making a difference. And Gio even came in back and, and helped out defending a couple of times. Mm. So I'm excited for the potential of the U.S. to, to actually you know be more competitive and show. But yeah. I think it's going to be... Because Gold Cup is not going to be a good test for them either because they're home. Right, and right. You're home... You have all the facilities. You can get to a nice hotel. Go back. That's true. Yeah. When you have to go play in Cuscatlan, when you have to go play in the Olympico in San Pedro Sula, it's not gonna be the same thing. No, definitely. And yes. and I want I want to see how, how how the US reacts to that. And with Mexico, I mean, hopefully these these laws can help them put it like pull it together. And, yeah. And and be able to you know have a good performance just to make it to the work. Yeah, but as a Mexico fan, you obviously know that your star striker isn't there. Are you thinking like, you know what? Okay, this is okay because we don't have Raul Jimenez there or even Chicharito. I mean, that was pretty controversial. Um, we didn't have one of those star-studded strikers and maybe the next time we do have and that makes you feel a little better, right? I mean, if Mexico wasn't creating chances at all because other people hmm. were saying, but they don't create chances chances for a number nine. It doesn't matter. They're not, they designed that team or that place hmm. right now to not do that, uh, yeah. you have Chucky Lozano, you have Chucky Lozano's speed, you have Lyon's yeah. speed, you have Antuna's speed. So instead of, you know, feeding into the number nine position, which you will do differently if you had Raul, and that's why the team right. was different, Tata knows that he doesn't have him. And I think Henry Martin did a pretty decent job, like opening the ball for for for, for Chucky and for mm. Linus. And I mean, there was, there was a couple of plays, even on the, on the game before that against uh, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. where Henry received the ball, turned around, gave it to Linus, and Linus to shoot it wide. Mm. And then Howard had a couple of saves that were really good from mid-range and then closing down the angle. So had El Tecatito and, 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 and Chucky being a little more decisive on their finishing, I think it would be different. And that's why yeah. I'm not worried that they're, they're missing a number nine. I think they're creating the chances. They just need to put it away. And sometimes, you know, there's nights like yesterday. Yeah. You don't pull things away. It gets emotional. And, and it's not about tactics. Those games specifically, I don't think it's about tactics. It's, it's mm. here. Yeah, yeah. Mentally, yeah. mentally, you're playing a rival. It gets in your head, and and the mistakes right. get in your head. So that that's what it was. But I I'm not worried. I think it, for years, I mean, for, for many years, Mexico didn't seem to have a shape. Yeah. Uh, now they do. Uh, with Tata, it seems like they have a structure. They you know what they're playing. You know what they're trying to do. And yes, there will be mistakes and things that you need you need to clean up in the way. But I'm I'm, I'm not worried about it. Mm. And I, I saw a couple of tweets last night, you know, about the player Musa, where he's not really American, but he was born on vacation in America. But they were all saying, like, man, you sure this guy really wants to play for U.S.? Like you said, your comment of having a hotel in, in El Salvador or Honduras. You, you really want to play for U.S., play those CONCACAF matches away? I don't know. <laughs> right? Especially seeing what you saw last night. And, and, and with them, with that, I think it's it's one of those things, like, it, it all depends because you always go play where you have the best chance to be best chance to be a star and and, right. and and make it to a World Cup. Yeah. And honestly, you know, having three slots and a half, I think that's what Conca has right now. Yeah. If you're not one and two with Mexico, regardless of whether you're first or second, I mean, you're really not doing something right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Concacaf has a lot of spots. I mean, relative to what they're the other like Colin Bowl, they're fighting for those, I think five or four and a half spots. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, and the quality down there is insane too. Um, but we got Copa America coming. Let's see if that happens. Right. So especially, especially, I don't understand why they just don't move it to America. Like the Centenario was, I mean, America's or United States is one of those, those countries where you can call them the next day and get it done. I mean, everybody's vaccinated. Everybody's happy. You still sell games, and I think that's the biggest thing. The revenue that it brings isn't going to the local businesses, and that might be one of the biggest reasons. 
I mean, I talked to I talked to somebody who's really involved with um, mm. with with logistics and, and business mm. and the business side of sports. His name is Walter Franco. If people want to follow him on, on Twitter, he has mm. really good insight for those things. And Walter was saying that it, it seems easy because they can. Yeah. But because it's an international tournament, you got to bring it here, and there's things that you got to move around when the economy is just reopening. Mm. You'll be hesitant to be like, yeah, sure, bring it over. Uh-huh. Um, as as a host country, like. They already have to deal with Copa Oro. There's, you know, you have to see the travel, what they have available, the accommodations, where right. you put them, because that you kind of help need to help the teams do that. Yeah. And he said that the turnaround was probably something that they used the Zoom or US Soccer or whoever was on this side didn't just want to take over. So. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because thinking Texas alone, they could do it. I mean, with all the stadiums out there, or Florida. Yeah, or Florida, right? Miami. Ooh, that would have been nice. <laughs> Miami, Tampa, Orlando. Yeah, right. Jacksonville. Right. They could have easily done it. Yeah, but well, we're all looking forward to it. Hopefully it does happen. I know there's some talks that it might not happen, but hopefully at the end of the day, we get to see some soccer. Um, and the Olympics now. Oh my goodness. It looks like the Olympics. I know, Carlos, you're going, right? So it's something you want to see happen, but man, some horrible news coming out of the Olympic front in Japan. I guess the director um, in Japan, the, the, the Olympics director, unfortunately, took his own life because it just looks like the outlook isn't looking like it's going to happen. And it, it's, it's sad to hear that in here. It's so normal, right? It's so normal in Japan. If something doesn't go your way in your work life, that that unfortunately takes over you and your personal life. And yeah, it, it, this COVID around the world is completely different than COVID in the United States. Yeah. I mean, we'll see right now. Everything seems to be set. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously a lot of news com- coming in. Uh, there's already a big contingency from from from, from whoever is organizing it to, to yeah. be over there. There's a lot of rules that already are in place that, that we're mm. that we're going, going over with the protocols and quarantine and things like that. And at the end of the day, I mean, it, it also there was a big push from the athletes because you know you work all your life right. for those for, for that moment to run and, and do. And yes, there's a you know there's a lot of limitants. There are a lot of things that are that are tough. But I I, I mean I, I see that. They, they they have in this in this sense they, they will have to happen right and and, and we'll see and, and at the end we'll see we'll see how they turn out um if, if we're there and, and 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 again we'll we'll see we'll see how those things i mean you know better than anybody yeah. you're, you're actually over there so you're able to consume <laughs> it locally yeah but in that sense you know there's a lot of things that, that don't travel or, or or that i get lost in the mix when right do those things yeah and yeah we'll see i mean right now again everything seems in place uh mm. we we seem to be having one of the biggest coverage we ever had yeah and, that's awesome and if that happens and if, if that happens then we'll, we'll bring it with the same you know with, with the same idea that uh, it will happen if, if we had a full stadium right yeah and um and it's kind of crazy uh in the quakes news i mean daniel slayton is going to go over there too for the nbc side Are, have you talked to her yet or have you have you funny exchanged? enough uh, uh at the moment we're recording this uh oh. tomorrow- more I'm having an interview. I'm, I'm putting one of the, one of the pieces of the interview. I talked to her, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We talked Quakes. Uh, we talked Olympics, obviously, and yeah. in, Santa, in Santa Clara. Since Santa Clara just won the, the yeah. national championship here, so tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna release the Santa Clara uh, piece of the piece of the interview, talking about like when, when she was there, what's different, how did she leave this this new championship, and 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 then we talk about the Olympics. Her being at the Olympics, she being part of the broadcast team with us and uh, at NBC. And uh, really, really excited. And it was awesome to talk to her, obviously, about, you know, the growth of women's soccer. And Yeah. No, definitely. Everybody check that out. I mean, if, if this hasn't come out yet, but go back and check it out, too. So definitely. It'll be there. It'll definitely be there. Yeah. No, definitely exciting stuff, especially from two Quakes people, right? So especially exciting to see you guys both go to the Olympics and then talk about women's soccer as well. And that, that's always fun to, see, to hear, right? Um, with Mexico going to the Olympics, I mean, Memo Ochoa is going with the squad. So talking a little bit more about Mexico, this is a big tournament for them too. So we might not see Memo Ochoa in, um, in L3 back home, but he's going to go with the U23s, I believe. Yeah, U23 squad. Um, it, it's not set in stone who's going yet. Mm. Uh, most likely, you always take a, a senior goalkeeper. Yeah. And it seems in this case, it will be, it will be Memo Ochoa. Um, and, and then I think they're going to end up taking a central defender and a mm. center midfielder. They wanted to take Edson Alvarez, which technically it's in the age range, but Ajax is not going to release him. Uh, I think oh, wow. something is going to happen with Diego Lainez. Uh, I don't think Betis is going to is going to release him to go to the to, go to the Olympics. Um, Imagine Lainez 
with that 23 team, right? Gosh. I know. And, and it's weird because Linus played, uh, uh, I think it was the U-17 World Cup, the U-20 World Cup, and, and it was when all that pressure was on him when uh. he was just playing in America. And a lot of people were saying like, oh, this kid plays like Messi and because he's lefty and the way he moves and whatever. And and a lot of people felt that they were, you know, they were inflating the player and right, they were right. talking too much about him. Then he goes to Betis, he doesn't star, they sit him down. But, you know, little by little, that potential mm-hmm. that we saw in him, it's, it's been growing. And right. it's, you can tell the work that he's done. And, 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 and at some point, he's going to be a really exciting player. He's obviously not going to be there for the Olympics, unfortunately. At least yeah. I don't think so. And and then we'll see where the, the two senior players like, oh, I think it's going to be another, uh, besides Memo, it'll be a central defender, probably Carlos Salcedo, somebody who's, mm. or Hector Moreno, somebody who's easy, yeah. they can travel because they're in the Mexican league. And then we'll see who he brings in the middle, if, if he can. Probably Luis Romo from Cruz Azul, from, from the recent champions. Uh, yeah. That seems like a good choice. He's 25. Um, he's in a really good spot right now, and 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 it will be easier for Grosso to let him go. So we'll see who they are. I, I, they're still not set in stone. And every time they ask Jaime Lozano about it, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but speaking about a little bit of Cruz Azul, uh, champions, right? So a little bit of crazy. Um, what do you think? I mean, it's been a long time since Cruz Azul hasn't had a championship under their belt. And and to me, it's very special because. Uh, for, for those who might have listened to this for the first time and don't know who I am or whatever, uh, <laughs> I I actually played for Cruz Azul at, at, at a you know junior level. Uh, I played up to, you know, I was in third division. I played at third division for like a year and, and something, but I wore those colors for four or five years. And even though I, I, I was not raised a Cruz Azul fan and I was never like a full-on Cruz Azul fan, when you wear the jersey, right. you, 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 have certain, you have love for it. Right. And and it, it there's times that it will hurt just to see them not being able because it's one of those things like maybe I wasn't rooting for them. Yeah. Like in a sense of like being a full fan. But mm. when they were in the final, I, I wanted it to win. It was like that's the team I played for. I, I want them to have another start on their on, on, on their crest and it just wouldn't happen. So it made me really happy, it made me really happy because I know a lot of the players, not the current the current players, but mm. a lot of players that have gone through the through the ranks through the yeah. years. Uh, the coaches, uh, some people who are very dear to me that are that are Cruz Azul fans, and to finally see them win a championship, right? Um, it was it was really really special. Yeah, and once I realized that Jonathan Rodriguez was Uruguayan, I was like, wait, 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 wait I gotta I gotta look at this team. What's going on here? And uh, he actually scored against Paraguay, but they took it back on a VAR that really shouldn't have been taken back. So horrible call. Yeah, right, taking horrible away call. three points from Uruguay in the in the eliminatories, but. I mean, God, Jonathan Rodriguez is a player where, unfortunately, or very fortunately, Uruguay just has fruits of labor in the striker position. It's like, who's this guy coming out of literally nowhere? But it's great to see that, you know, he helped Cruz Azul get that championship and he's part of a Uruguayan culture. So, or uh, part of my country. And I think that's awesome. I mean, this is a brand new player that I get to see in Liga MX. Hey, hey, Quakes, hey, Quakes, go get him, go get him. (laughs) I mean, unfortunately for the Quakes, uh, Cabecita has to be probably one of the best paid players in the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not, in, not only Cruz not Azul, right. the whole league. Uh, so that would be a little tough. Um, you know, national team player, best player in Cruz Azul. He didn't right. have a... He, did have, he had this episode, I think it was last season, um, before the before the Liguilla, where they saw him out of party and whatever. You know, one of those things that happened to soccer players. Yeah. Uh, and it was good to see him, you know, bounce back from that and and, and be decisive for, for the team and, and, and pull out the championship. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like Chofis Lopez, our own, our own gets in those party problems all the time, too. But I guess in Mexico, you just have parties. I mean, you see now that um, at least on the Instagrams of all the players in San Jose, they're all in Tahoe together. I mean, they don't really have parties here. Well, here's the thing. And, and that's another thing that like people need to realize. Because if you really go big into, I guess, you know, U.S. culture is a little different. Also, the area where we live. Like, yeah. come on, man. We live in San Jose, California. This is not like <laughs> a party. This is not a party town. You literally go to Lake Tahoe. Right. <laughs> that's, your, that's your weekend thing. Uh, right. But if you live in Miami, that's right. a different conversation. Right. Um, I think one of the things that happens with, with Mexico and Mexican media is also like, it, I just don't know why they can't hide it because this is something that happens everywhere in the world. Right. The Europeans have parties. The, the right. In the English Premier League, they have those year-end parties that they always get drunk and they ca- catch them once they're like crashing the cars and whatever. Right. Right. No, it's it's not something that is exclusive to what happens in Mexico. Mm. They're definitely not smart about like you know not being not being found and right right again, no but it's uh it's not that it's right and i don't condone it but you know that at some point it's like dude you, you gotta stop having these pictures like why 
<laughs> or like in England, they get caught smoking, right? Like, dude, come on, you can just, just smoke, not outside. Like, smoke somewhere that they can't see you, you know? Yeah. But no, that, yeah, unfortunately, always Mexican parties. And I, I heard they party pretty hard down there. You know, maybe we got to go to some of those parties, Carlos. <laughs> I I, I have nothing to say. I have no words about those parties. I, I've never seen them. In that <laughs> I've never been. I've never again. been. <laughs> I've never been, and that will never be again. <laughs> no, but on to a little bit of quick stuff. Who's been your favorite player this season so far? I know um, you might have been excited for a certain player, but with, who's been your favorite? Uh, I think the two players that have stepped up, or I think it's been the most consistent, at, at least in in, mm. in the games, even with the losses, mm. even with the losses, are uh, Eric Ramirez and Tanner Beeson. Mm. Um, I think Tanner is stepping up for for Osvaldo when Osvaldo got, got injured. Uh, it's a you know homegrown player. He's, yeah, he's young. Playing that position when you're young is really hard. You expect a lot more mistakes. He did have that own goal against LA, but it's you know whatever happens, um, right? Yeah. And again, when you're playing that position, is that that's why it's so hard because you can have 67 great tackles, but then right. you miss that one coverage on that one-on-one coverage, and then you know <laughs> right. you're screwed. Well, um, he's a shot blocker, it, so that's gonna happen eventually, right? So, so at, at at some point, something, some like you're gonna miss a mark, uh, so right. you're gonna be, you know, double teamed. Something's gonna happen when you're playing on that center position. But I think uh, as a central defender, he he's, he's grown a lot. He he's shown good promise, especially after watching the U.S. national team yesterday. It's good to have a player like that. <laughs> uh, things that need to improve. And I just like what Eric Remedi has brought to this team. Besides, mm. the, the one thing is it's it's a player that knows how to distribute very well. And I think it's, yeah. it's being very, just because of how the Quakes play, um, mm. sometimes he ends up, you know, on this open space where he has to cover ground for like 40, 50 yards. Yeah, yeah. Expecting him to be in Golo Kante, and in Golo Kante, <laughs> there's only one in the world. Right, um, right. It is one of those things. Like I feel like people are so used to, to having a stereotype of how a player should be, right? When you yeah, think that's about true. A, when you have about a, think about a, a, a goalkeeper, that you start thinking. If you're older, you think, oh, Casillas, Buffon, and it's like, yeah, but there's one of those. Right. right. You don't have that player, and the same has central defender. Oh, but you see Virgil Van Dijk. There's only one Virgil Van Dijk. Right. right. There's only one N'Golo Kanté. There's only one Messi. You can't co- you can't put your expectations on any player to be at right. that spot. So I think what, what Eric is doing is, is, is very good. He covers mm. a lot. The, the amounts of balls he recovers, yeah, it's insane. If you actually count them, it's insane how many one-on-ones he covers and how he gets to, to the spot and then distributes. And he distributes forward. Yeah, He's not a player that plays the, the ball back. He tries to play forward. Sometimes it's a short pass. It's not something that is decisive because that's another thing. I feel like they, they want our central midfielders to be a little more decisive on the on the, on mm. the attacking third, like having yeah. a mid-range shot, putting balls that are, you know, uh, assists. And, and, and sometimes you're not designed to be that player. Right. And, but that doesn't mean that you're not doing it right. Mm. <laughs> you're still you're still doing it. So I will say those, those two in particular. Uh, I think Tommy Thompson has also raised his level a lot. I think he has a really, yeah. really good preseason, and, and he seems really solid, even more defensively than he used to, at least last season. Definitely. And everybody else, I kind of, you know, it's been like this. I feel, right. I feel I'm, I'm looking at more of like consistency that being like, oh, he's being amazing. Right, right. No, definitely. And uh, yeah, especially like a player like Cade Cowell started off amazing, but it has unfortunately dimmered down to expect uh, like reality. Um, but a lot of it has to do with he, he needs to become more of a full striker. I mean, the opportunities he's he's gotten in the past games or the lo- last four losses have been things that he does need to improve on where in the first two games he got it where he loves it right where it's the ball in open space and it's basically a sprint he's able to look pick his head up and pick out a pass and and get an assist where it he has a lot more space but now he's getting double teamed and that's the hardest part of his I guess his um his new position where he has to hold up the ball and he has to have his back towards the center back. And, and that's where he starts to get a little bit like show that he's, you know, Hey, I'm a 17 year old kid and I still need to practice a little more on these things and get game time in um, as well as I feel like maybe Chofis Lopez, the uh, lately these last four games, he's been asked to do a little bit more defensively and he has been going less forward. So it's just been a little bit kind of a stalemate, right? We've been, like the one game one goal in four games has been a little bit of a funk where possibly we need to see something open up maybe a formation change but who knows with Almeida right it's 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 Almeida's world and we're just living in it and and the thing is that I feel the first couple of games uh 
you know, there, there's there's always tendencies, right? In, yeah. In, in in world soccer, and right now the tendency is to high press. That's yeah. High press. That's high press. The Guggen present, right? The Guggen present. Yeah. All at it. Let's let's you know, close down the lanes and the fronts with the defenders. And the teams that did that against the Quakes were in for a rude awakening because they right. have to push the lines forward, leave space behind, and Kate Cowell was destroying them. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Now team, you know, that happens to games. The teams that you're facing, and and it's also the block of teams you got in there. Yeah. The teams that you place it to me that. That, those three games that you lost in a row were at least the three teams that I think are the actual contenders in the West. Yeah, exactly. Portland, Seattle, and, and Kansas City are definitely, the, to me, the three best, biggest contenders in the West. Yeah. So when you play those teams that are very well coached, that have really good players, that have players with experience, so why they did they switch their, not their formation, they used to switch the tactics, like, instead of pressing them high, let's press here in three mm. quarters of the field, but then let's wait for them. Because that's what they can't do. They don't have a striker that can cross the ball and kill us. Right. So if we hold back a little bit and we don't let, you know, the spaces behind us, Christian Espin, the, the, the fast players, because there's a lot of fast players. Yeah. Christian Spinoza is not going to get behind us. Carlos Fierro is not going to get behind us. And Kate Cowell is not going to get behind us. So you keep the game in front of you. And and then counter attacks will kill them. Right. Because because Matias starts pushing forward. There's a lot of players pushing forward. You'll find those one on ones with your forwards, kind of what happened with, with Sporting Kansas City. Like mm. you have a player with that much experience, like Alan Pulido. Right. And he, he also I think he's a one on one with thir- like 30, 30, 40 yards in front of him. Mm. And of course, he's going to make the right decision. And, yeah. And, and in that sense, I don't think Matias needs to change, but you have to put away the chances that you're making because they right. start very well, they create chances, and then you miss these wide open shots. Right. It's not even like, well, it was a three quarter, like it was, it wasn't like a twenty yard shot that hit the crossbar or made the yeah. goalkeeper made a save. Like it's literally a sitter. Right. It happened to Andy Rios. It happened to Wando. Like, right. It's coming also from players that you wouldn't expect that to happen. Like Wando, yeah, not, yeah. And if you're not pulling those game, those those balls away on the opportunities that you're creating, then what well, that happens, you end up losing one zero. Right. Right. So again, I I don't think Matias there's there's not a lot of Matias needs to change in that sense. Mm. You just have to be the confidence that we're doing this right. And then we need to put it away because right. then he lets you play with it. Because the same, because a lot of people think of, of formations, right? The formation is what make, makes the difference. And it's not. You could have a 4-4-2 with all 10 players inside the box. Mm. Or a 4-4-2 with two defenders and everybody on the other box. And it's a 4-4-2. It makes right. no difference. 4-3-3 is the same. You can end up having a 2-5-1 with a 2-5-1-1. Like, it, it's, it's, it's the same formation. You're just placing them differently on the field. Right. So if you're putting away a shot in the minute 25 and then you score another one in the minute 27, then you can play on the counterattack because you give the same formation, you move back and then you have different tactics. Right. Constantly the quakes, because they don't pull these balls away, mm. they find themselves really back and trying to go forward. And that's to me, that's the only thing that I, I, I always give Matias is like he's an offensive coach. Mm. He goes after the game. Even if he kills you, like what happened with Sporting Kansas City, it's like, let me go after it. They score on us. It doesn't matter. I'm still gonna go after it. Because then, yeah. if you start, you know, oh, let me let me be cautious and keep the one zero and see if I can tie it. On a, then again, like I think people will be even more mad if that happens. Right, and and it still shows that he's an offensive coach because we're sitting with nine points even after these four losses. I mean, what if we tied a couple of these games? We wouldn't have nine points, and we're still in the above the playoff line. Amazingly, so it, it's definitely nice that he's an offensive-minded coach because he goes for that win even if we're down, you know, two one or one the three he still want to go he still wants to go for that win and that's that's something we as quakes fans should really appreciate because a couple of years ago we had dom Kinnear ball where he would just go for the tie or go for the zero zero and man oh man that was not fun soccer so definitely we should be very appreciative of matias almeida even if we're losing again we're losing with the want to win and that's completely different than losing with the want to tie that's honestly that's beautiful soccer something that we're all here for right carlos I mean, you're, you're always, again, you're, you play to win, right? Yeah. You're always playing to win. Uh, or at least you should always play to win. <laughs> um, and then the season's so long, like, of course it sucks to like, and, and that's another thing, like, it sucks to, to lose and it sucks yeah. to lose four in a row. And the only one that I was really like, this was ugly, was the Sporting Kansas City game. Because mm. um, again, again, against Seattle, it was like, man, oh. it was like so close. Right. Then against Portland, the same, it was like, same. are you serious? Like, they could just tie that instead of, you know, instead of them taking away the, the, the game. But then Kansas City happened. I was like, well, that was not a, like, 
and I and I think I said it somewhere before. Mm. The other games was also like when you crunch those three games in a single week, one of them had to fall, and people were starting giving me their own ta- takes on like, no, but I think they should have let the game against uh, Seattle slip, so then you could be stronger against Portland. Uh, like you don't play like that. Yeah, Nobody right, says right. I'm gonna drop this game. But physically, you know you're going to not be top on all three games. It's like, right. if I did really well on Friday, and then I had to play on Sunday, and then I had to play again on Wednesday, right. one of the games is not going to look good. Because, you know, you never know what happens with the players. Like, somebody might get a knock. Right. Somebody might feel a little more tired because mm-hmm. that specific game, the player that they were facing, they, they you know, they, they try to get the quakes on the left side instead of the right side. So, all of a sudden, K was making more runs than usual. Mm-hmm. Those things you can't control because that's, that's why the game evolves and, 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 and the in-game things are not under your control. And, right. and, uh, and, and again, like a lot of us like to, you know, talk tactics, see tactics, and mm-hmm. you see us and, as, a, as a cow channelist, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's really, and, and sometimes you'd be like, oh, but there's, there's the answer. And then once you watch the game, like if you watch the game consistently, like two or three times after, mm-hmm. you, obviously you're going to take all the stuff that happened that was wrong, but that already happened. So it's right, easier right. for me to say like, in this case, if you should have done that, it's like, man, that was when that was developing, you have to think on your toes and it's not, it doesn't look the same way. Yeah. So again, that was, those three games were, were crunched together. It was weird. Uh, of course, one of them, again, one, I knew one of them was not going to be good and, and ended up being, I think the Portland, it was a little, a little less, but it was still, you know, very close. Yeah. But then they had a whole week to plan for sporting Kansas city. Mm. And when they had a full week you're like, you know, it's going to look, even if they lose, because again, like you have no control what's going to happen. They might have lost. Right. But at least it would have looked a little better, and mm. I think that one was really sloppy in in, in a lot of senses. So I, I I wasn't I wasn't happy with that one. Then against you know Galaxy was against like you know very even, and then right. it was a mistake. It was more like bad fortune. Right, really, really, it. yeah. Um, and then again, now you have a break, and the the, the players kind of you know clear their heads and, and come back like the season just starts again. Right, and when they come back, we're still above the playoff line. So it's not like the world is coming down on us. Like again, LAFC and the playoffs are what uh, October? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And LAFC is still below us. So I mean, if anybody should be ringing the alarm, that's them. I mean, they have a big payroll, so definitely something that we should be okay with. And um, with the Sporting Kansas City game, all I have to say is Alan Polito. I mean, that's brilliance in a game right that player i mean maybe we see him for l tree with with that type of performance but he should be i mean guys this guy is a quality player i mean a lot of us thought he was just a penalty maker when he was coming in from chivas and we were like ah, we don't want to pay 12 million for a penalty maker you know but that's what happened guys i mean that beautiful pass to where he opens it up on his outside foot i mean fuck, that's that's a game i mean that's that's a player that's ready for the moment. And we're missing, unfortunately we don't have that type of payroll just yet. Hopefully who knows? I mean, who knows, right. In the next couple of years, if the A's move and they sell the the, the team, who knows? Right. So, um, but it all depends who they sell it to. Cause sometimes, you know, you're in, yeah, a, that's true. You, you seem like you're in a, in a, you're not in a place where you want to be, or you, huh. you're complaining like, Oh, I don't, I don't really like the place where I'm at, but it, that's true. Yeah. Depends on who they sell it to. If they right. sell it to, you know, a really great organization that has everything, you know, very well put together you're obviously in a better place because they'll be able to make better signings. But yeah. if they end up selling the team, uh, at least right now you have the Moneyball. And Moneyball has something right. that's been able to maintain the A's competitive and, and the Quakes competitive. In a yeah, sense. right. Um, it hasn't translated fully into a championship because you need right. the big stars and big names that make difference to for that to happen. But, yeah, you know, you never know. One of these home pra- home, homegrown players might, might develop into your right. next big thing. And, and as long as you keep doing it, that's good for the team. That's good for MLS. That's good for U.S. soccer. And, right. and that's good for a national team as well. Yeah. And, and speaking of possibly seeing some of our um, players that have been through our ranks go, I mean, Jackson Yule with this showing in the U.S. men's national team maybe wasn't the best showing, but at least it got some eyeballs on him. So maybe we see him go to a European club any maybe next year or this year. Who knows? Right. So definitely Eric Medi has done a good replacement job if it need be right so i feel like we might see him leave i i this might sound crazy and again this is my idea matthias must be like you're crazy carlos i don't care um <laughs> i mean you've been in the press conferences uh i think a triangle that i would think it will work really well mm-hmm. be eric widgetson yeah well that's the defensive mid and having um jackson in front of him right instead yeah, of yeah. 
because I feel Jack, a lot of people are playing Jackson Jewel as that like kind of um, what I call like that mix, mix midfielder. That yeah, yeah, the box to box, yeah, box to box midfielder. And I don't necessarily think that that he's good at. Mm. Uh, I don't think he's good at recovering balls. Mm. He recovers them because you know he, he plays has to with hard. Yeah. He, he plays with hard, and he goes. But I don't think it's his best asset. I think he's more of an offensive. Definitely. You know, so if you put somebody like Eric or or Judson behind him. And then he's, he helps them recover, it, but then finds the ball in front of him to actually have that mid-range shot that he's really yeah. good at. Or stepping into the box if there's a cross or yeah. di- distributing out. I think Jackson will show a little more. And, and you saw it with it. Obviously, you know, it was a age limit tournament, but I think he looked a lot better on the Olympic squad that he's looked everywhere else. Yeah. No, one of the reasons why he shined so much there was, one, because he has experience, and second, because he was playing that position. He was not so worried about defending because the U.S. didn't have to worry so much about defending until they found Mexico, and then that's also why they lost. Right. So on the times that he didn't have to find it, he was very decisive. Mm-hmm. And and I think if, if if at some point they tried to play him on that instead of trophies on that position, like that kind of like ro- roaming forward yeah. to call it for a sense or like that that enganche mm-hmm. um, or, or center mid. Uh, I think it, I think he'll be pretty good. I, I mean, again, I, I, Matias might say that I'm crazy and he obviously can't do that. But so yesterday I had a uh, Charles Wolin from Black and Azul on, and he was talking about uh, maybe what if we saw like a Christian Espinoza um, being a secondary striker to Cade Cal stretching the back line, and I was thinking, oh, that that wouldn't be a too bad of idea. But where do you put trophies, right? And you even saying putting you in that spot now too. So like maybe like a, like a 10 roll. Yeah. Where's trophies go? Does he go to the right side? Does he go to the left side? I mean, to see trophies, maybe we need Marcos Lopez on that side. Someone that's better to get the ball track back and be a little more sound defensively because I haven't seen too much defensively from trophies. And I think that's the biggest issue with either putting him on the wings, right? Especially in this system. And, and, and Chavis, I don't think he has the stamina or the fitness to play on the wings on, under mm. this Matias Almeida uh, system. Mm. Um, you could, in a sense, for example, uh, you can't really combine them all, but let's say at some point somebody has, something's got to give. And, and again, there's so many games that right. that rotation of players is important. So let's say on, on, on Charles' idea uh, that we don't start with two, two center forwards. Let's say you, you actually take Kate out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah take it out and you put Chris there mm. you could technically having Kate behind him I mean Kate behind uh, Jackson behind him you could technically play Chovis on the wind and either Judson or Remedi help him out on those defensive moves because he could move out outside yeah. a little bit to try and help and have Jackson drop in mm. so you know there's a lot of combinations there for for, for things to happen um I necess- again, I think the same problem that happens with the Mexican national team, or at least right now, even though they do have Alan Pulido. Yeah. Um, it it's that the team is not designed for that center forward. Like mm. either you actually have full center forward where you send crosses in, like kind of like right. what happens with Wondo, just Wondo is not that player anymore. And right. it's also a little tougher when teams push back and you're just, you know, especially it, what happened with Seattle and, and Portland, they're waiting for you. So it's like, okay, right. so I need to break them down another way. I cannot just be sending crosses and, and, and figure out who my number nine is going to, you know, cash, in, cash one in. Definitely. Um, so, you know, I think it will be a good, I mean, it will be an experiment for right. sure. But having two center, kind of like two center forwards, it all, it all depends on what your team presents to you. Mm. because I, it's, again i think that we focus a lot on on what the quakes need to do yeah oh well, they should switch things around and it's like well they're creating the opportunities right and and technically they're defending well problem is that they they have these lapses and, right and that's not on matias like if you make a mistake coming out if yeah. you make a mistake uh, you know on your marking well that's execution that's not planning right and then Christian Espinoza wasn't playing well when we were winning. So again, it's, this is the whole team. It's not just guys like Chris Rondolowski or Andy Rios. It's Christian Espinoza missed a couple of good. I mean, he missed a penalty and then he missed a sitter. I believe it happens to the whole team and the whole team is having a problem finishing. And, and even with the penalties, you saw it's like Christian missed the penalty. And then on that same game, just, you know, because of how things happened, they got another penalty. And right. that's when, Os- when Osvaldo came in and in, in took care of it. But they've been struggling with putting those those things away. Right. So again, to me, it's, it's execution. There's there's those components when, when you go. It, there's a there's a mental component, 
there's your tactics component and there's your execution component. Right. And I think the Quakes have been missing on the execution more than on the tactics. Like yeah. they, 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 to me, they look fine. And, and at, at certain points they dominate the game, but if you're dominating and you don't score, it makes no difference again. Right. And I think that the, the Mexico sample from yesterday, like comes, it comes imperfect. If you go back and look at the game and you see the possession that mm. Mexico had and the amount of shots they had and the amount of saves that the U.S. had, both from Stephen and at the end, mm -hmm. you're like, but Mexico was better. And it's like, <laughs> well, not because they gave away two goals in both situations. So you can't say that we're better. But why were they going to change their tactics? Right. Not, they shouldn't have changed their tactics. They, were, they, they just needed to put away the – they just needed to execute well what they were doing. Yeah. And now thinking back, uh, Wondolowski missed a penalty too against Portland. And that game, what if we got one point out of that game and then we would have gone into uh, sporting, diff feeling different, right? I mean, this whole funk wouldn't, been, wouldn't have happened if, if we scored that penalty against the, what, the fourth string goalie? I mean, nowadays they actually have a uh, former San Jose Earthquakes, David Bingham in goal. But I mean, that was a USL type of goalie and he showed up in the moment just like Horvath last night. And I mean, became the hero for that moment. And, and even the game before, uh, no. what happened with with Frey got an injured uh, against against the Quakes, and yeah. they they end up playing a field player. You can I score know. on a field player, and like it, it hits him in the chest, like the 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 long cross literally hits him in the chest. He misses it with his hands, and then it hits him in the chest, and it's like, oh my god, nothing's going in. So, so again, so, like if you if you can't finish, right? You know, again, is that Matias's fault? Right. No, it's not Matias's fault. You, you know, the, the team needs to be kind of accountable, and, and Matias protects the players a lot. So yeah. He, and again, he's not gonna. It's not also your place as a coach to come and throw anybody under the bus, especially not with us with the media. Like nobody, right. no coach in the world is gonna come out and say like, "This guy missed and it's his fault and he's right. an idiot." Nobody's yeah. ever gonna do that. And even if like it doesn't matter. And even even in close quarters, he wouldn't even tell that in front of in front of right. uh, the team. If if he feels their center, like for example, with Chris, if he feels that Spinoza is not performing, he'll pull him aside in another time and be like, "Hey, listen." This is happening. You need to improve. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's how you manage the team. Just like in a regular workplace. I mean, you won't call them out in front of everybody, right? You would pull them aside, and you and, shouldn't. Yeah, right. You should. You see it happen. That's not right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of wraps it up for, for us today, Carlos. I really appreciate your time. We talked a lot. We talked about Mexico. We talked about the Olympics, and then we got finally into the quakes. So, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. I mean, really excited. You know, uh, I, I really like talking to you, Fabian. And, and, yeah. and I think I'm going to be seeing you soon. I actually, uh, a, a quick anecdote that I think we can just like go over. That's really, really hilarious. You asked Matias if the players are going to have time off. Yeah, right. I and just like, thought oh, they're that. Gonna be <laughs> and, no, they're going to be working. Yeah, so right. They I didn't... Vacation day. Yeah. Uh, but again, you asked him if the whole time was going to be like that. And, right, right. Right. Uh, Need to take again, it a little bit. Yeah. They're going to be on vacation the whole time. You tell you no, which you know, it is true. But it was funny because I was I was off Instagram this morning and I and I looked at my wife. I was like, hey, like, did Matias tell me they were going to be practicing and no vacation? Like, what's going on? Like, what? Yeah. But then I was like, I was like, Matias lied to me. I literally said Matias lied to me. But I guess I, I, I didn't say it in the best way because I was, you know, it's the funniest thing. I'm normally speaking English, but when I walk into these press conferences, I'm thinking in Spanish because it, it's a different cariño. It's different, like, mm -hmm. it's a different feeling when you're asking him in Spanish. And I, translated it from spanish to english and i was like oh that didn't sound right that didn't sound right because the way like you would say something in spanish it's kind of like playful it's kind of friendly it's kind of with cariño but it's not in english and it's just like oh shit i shouldn't have asked that you know <laughs> i mean but, that's no, what definitely. agustin is there for so you still agustin uh right i was kidding but i thought that was funny because i also thought about it when when i saw him like having the asado and eric it's uh, Ramirez is in new york I was yeah like, he's in new york too <laughs> i was like you know, it, it's funny because because there's like no, we're gonna like tank down, and, and right. it's fine. Again, I, I'm not yeah. criticizing. I just thought it was funny that like you you particularly asked that, and they're like, no, there's no vacation. Well, maybe right. some days, <laughs> but not, not At least at least the Argentinian guys and Os Osvaldo, I think, uh, are together together in Lake Tahoe. At least they could say we were bonding. I mean, we were we were working on our our chemistry. And, and again, <laughs> because there's because the break's so big, and and yeah, and yeah, yeah. You don't ha you don't really why are, why are you gonna tune up for? <laughs> like right, you right. really don't have anything to tune up for. So you know they might have a plan that if they're all together. They can just execute. They they, they get up. They work out. Yeah. They they do the the work they have to do. Right. They even bring a soccer ball. They do whatever they have to do in between them. That takes two three hours, and then that's it. And call it a day. 
I really enjoy the fact that they're together. That's right, right. That, yeah, that yeah. It's 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 incredible. It's I think speaks volumes. And it's a lot of them, right? Yeah, because it's four or five of them together with yeah. their family. Right, right, right. Um, Maybe they brought Guido so along to just practice a little bit, you know, like on the, <laughs> on the beach, right? Just hey, can you, can you do some training drills or something? They're definitely in touch with him because one of the things that they talked about today on, on their Insta stories was specific, yeah. all things Guido for for the recommendations. So of course they're in touch with with yeah. and and I think that's something that. At least on that sense, on what it comes to making a group and, and mm. having everybody on board, I think that's something Matias does very well. Yeah, uh, he has done that on every team he's been in. Uh, that's what makes him successful. Yeah, and 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 again, I really I, I really enjoy it, and, and I thought it was funny. And the, and the other thing is that uh, Japan just released a hundred year anniversary jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I got one of those for uh, Dom from Quakes After Ninety. He asked me to buy one. I was gonna do the same thing. <laughs> he should have asked me. I, I really, I literally. Oh my God, Carlos! You should have really, asked me. Really, really, really open. Like, like the reality is that open. I can. No, anytime, anytime. Any. I mean, I can, I can still look. I can still look. But anytime you need something like that, tell me seriously. I, it's okay because uh, here, because here, it's in, recording now. It's recording in, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Japan, I can call them like the store and be like, "Yeah, ship it to me." I don't have to pay until the guy shows up at my door. It's the craziest thing. So it's like, what? In America, you have to put your phone, you know, your your, your yeah. credit card over the phone. And now he's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. We'll ship it to you. Uh, the shipping from from Osaka to where I am at in me again, it's like maybe three hours driving. Oh, it's $3 shipping. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, just send it to me. I'm not going to drive that. No, but seriously, Carlos, anytime, anytime, really, anything you want from Japan, I got you. <laughs> all right, so sounds good. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, yeah, I guess that wraps it up for us. I mean... I, I want to bring you back on to speak a little Spanish. So once we get the Spanish thing going on, I'll definitely bring you back on. Absolutely. Ya sabes que además para, el, para mí el español todavía es más fácil. Even though the <laughs> English sounds like I'm, I'm okay, el español es todavía mejor. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of English fans, so I'm trying to build the Spanish fans. If you guys know any Spanish people that want to join and listen, definitely send it to them. But all I have to say is we're here for the Quakes, and I just want to say good, go Quakes, right? That's right. Go quick. And we'll, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll come back to turn around and, yeah. and things start moving forward. But yeah, they will. About it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys.